Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Off the Glasses of Movies. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, Nick Cuvallo and Dalton Pence. How are we doing, guys? Ready to talk some Captain Marvel. Yes, sir. Feeding off that. Feeding off that. We're going to talk a little endgame at the end as well. Break down that trailer a bit. Also, quick shout out to the guys who started Off the Glasses of Movies. Jay Christian, Chris Green. Guys did a great job. We're kind of bringing that resurgence back. You can check out the show, iTunes, Block Talk Radio, OGGBasketball.com, and YouTube. But guys, let's get right into Captain Marvel. Like, how did you feel after you saw the movie? Initial reaction for you personally? Well, yeah, I, oh, okay. You want you want to take it first, Dalton? No, Dalton, Nick, you go ahead. You well, go ahead. I, personally, personally, I was buzzing when I left the theater, but not so much uh, like about, about Captain Marvel, but more so just knowing that Endgame is coming so quickly, right? Like the movie just bridged the gap like so perfectly. Like you know, it got you that that, that taste of Avengers, the finale is upcoming, and it just it, it did a really good job as a uh, as a hype machine. Oh, most definitely. I mean. I like the movie in the sense that, you know, uh, Brie Larson did a hell of a job as Carol Danvers, but I was more excited for the effects that it had and the ties that it had produced. And, you know, just talking about Nick Fury and how much we got to learn from him that we hadn't really got to see in previous movies. So I really loved the character development there. Yeah, it's almost like KD signing with the Warriors feel. Like uh, you got the Avengers, they just got beat in the finals, and then all of a sudden they're going to bring in Captain Marvel arguably the strongest avenger so definitely a major buzz just like off the movie it's like the tr- the ending credit was almost exciting as the movie and not to say the movie was bad but like you guys said it just had a really good vibe that can kind of brought you into endgame and obviously we'll talk trailer later but a lot of excitement what about captain marvel what'd you like about her character well you know i was very skeptical of brie larson playing her but after watching it i mean she absolutely buried any of my concerns i mean she had an absolutely exceptional acting job. I like how they tried to tell the backstory in enough time as well as getting the action in. I felt like maybe at the end the the fight scene was a little lacking, but overall character development, I thought they hit the nail on the head with Captain Marvel. Yeah, with Captain Marvel herself, I thought her story, her story arc made a lot of sense. You know, they kind of laid it out kind of on a map, on a platter for the viewer. Like, they really unfolded all of it. They really started with her not knowing anything about herself. And by the end of the movie, like, you're pretty comfortable with who she is as a, uh, you know, galaxy-renowned superhero that's going to dive into the, uh, the next upcoming movie, right? So I thought they did a great job, of course, with Brie Larson as Carol Danvers. Like, Marvel just nailing the casting decision again. I Like, I can't think of anybody who could have done a better job. Uh, could be an award-winning performance, in fact. So, you know, they're, they're just building off that perfectly. Uh, what she means is, like, a female empowerment figure now in the Marvel Universe is also, like, of note. I thought that they did a tremendous job, like, weaving in her uh, sort of feminist ties. And uh, it was an excellent, excellent job. Yeah, she kind of well, had a swagger about her yeah. that was kind of notable, too. Yeah, she definitely did. Like you said, the acting was on point. She definitely brought that woman empowerment to the movie and the MCU. Like I said, being one of the strongest Avengers is going to have an impact. What was your favorite aspect of her character? Was it just like that little snarkiness almost, or was it more so like her powers? Well, I think, I think kind of at, 
you don't really see it until the end, but I think the, the kind of self-realization, like the whole, hey, I'm a badass, come fight me. I just thought that was amazing because I think when you think of the most powerful person in the MCU in terms of superheroes, you want them to have that confidence. And we got to see it on full display when she's fighting the starships from Ronan, the accuser and company. Yeah. I mean, I really did like Brie Larson's snarkiness. And now that you mention it, I'm, I'm thinking about her. I'm like, yeah, she, she played the character with such a, an, a like a, an aloofness, you know, like she wasn't really, uh, she didn't realize herself for a lot of the movie. And as she did, you know, the, the, the snarkiness, the, the, the level on that just turned all the way up. Like she, she seemed like uh, by the end of the movie, it was just a video game to her, right? Like she was really taking advantage of everything her powers uh, offered her, but even like just knowing how much of herself her her self character that she's built at that point, like all those uh, childhood scenes and all of that, like they did an excellent job weaving in her past to, uh, to realize her present, you know, very good. What were the best parts of the movie? Goose, goose, <laughs> goose, and more goose. I, you know, I think one of the more underrated parts was how they try to acclimate um, Carol Danvers into earth and how it has kind of the, a lot of honest comedy moments. And the first one you kind of see with, her crashing into Blockbuster and using Radio Shack to make her a little makeshift communication signal for her back or whatever you want to call home. So I definitely thought that the, they nailed the honest comedy. And that's kind of one thing that Marvel has really kind of trademarked themselves on is no matter how serious the movie, there's always some tidbits or one-liners that'll just kind of keep the mood light and keep it honest. So I definitely think the comedy scenes are kind of what makes the movie. Yeah, all the comedy scenes, the the scenes with comedic relief were just spot on. The the cat, yes, uh, goose uh, as they call him, being a, a triffid or uh, not not so sorry, not a triffid. Uh, what, what's the name for that alien? In the, Flurkin. Flurkin, yes, being the uh, the tentacled flurkin swallows the tesseract. All those scenes with the cat were were just wonderful. And uh, I mean, personally for me, I thought all the scenes with like Jude Law. They they brought in a fairly large actor in Jude Law to play such a minor role. You know, like I don't think he got uh, a whole ton of screen time in that movie. Like, and even just in the Mar in the larger Marvel universe, he's they brought in like another triple A level actor and they kind of had him playing a sub role, which again just makes me just in awe of like the the point this franchise has gotten to. But I, I thought his uh, scenes were generally pretty solid. Uh, they did a very good job for the story development. Um, you know, like yeah, very very big actor brought in to play like an important yet minute role. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's just Marvel. Like, they have the power to bring in just all these guys. Like, Idris Alba is playing a small role in Thor, obviously died in Infinity War. It's just, like, they have so much power to bring in a ton of actors and actresses. Guys, what were some things you think stuck out, like, scene-wise that weren't necessarily got a ton of attention, but they have a bigger impact in terms of, like, the Marvel Universe or they're kind of connecting the dots? Sure. Um, I think the very end, I you know, I don't think they give a lot of scene or they don't give a lot of justice, I should say, to the fighting scene. I think it's a lot one-sided. I think that, obviously, Carol Danvers kind of goes out on the forefront and destroys all the starships, but I don't really see any resistance from Ronan the Accuser, which we realize that he's going for the Tesseract, which we didn't really know beforehand. And now you kind of see in Guardians of the Galaxy 1 when he's kind of fighting for that Power Stone. So it kind of ties it all up, but I think until you, unless you've seen all the movies, you don't really get to make that connection. But another, just real quick, not to get off topic, a major actor playing a small role, John C. Riley. I don't know if you remember his role in Guardians of the Galaxy, but he played one of those kind of off-to-the-side roles that wasn't necessarily a main character, but definitely them being able to acclimate such a big personalities for this greater good is amazing. Yeah, it's like everyone wants to be part of the MCU. 
But Nick, what were some things for you that stuck out that were kind of low key, but big connecting points or just kind of like cool points? Okay, so, like, I mean, I personally thought, like, all the Infinity Stone scenes are just loaded with pretense and, like, just uh, theory, right? Like, pretty much the, the every time the Marvel Universe has loaded up a, an Infinity Stone scene, it's something the community loves to gravitate towards and try to dissect maximally, you know? Try to get as glean as much as you can about the, the nature of these stones. And so the whole fusion scene between, like, the, uh, the, the fusion core breaking that was obviously Tesseract-powered, so the, the blue Infinity Stone, I think, uh, I believe Power, right? Is that, is that Power? I think it's Space Stone. Space Stone? Okay. Yeah, so Space Stone, sorry. So just that the process of that energy fusion with Captain Marvel, like that that scene is just, I think, loaded with a whole lot of uh, de- like details regarding the nature of those stones. You know, like if, if she's powered by one of the stones, you know, like how what does that really give her against six, right? So like what, where on the power level is she scaled? It obviously let her destroy all those ships at the end. And clearly she, she realizes more of her power as the timeline accelerates in the next movie. So, you know, that, that, that scene is just loaded with importance, I think. Like, the, the, the origins of her powers, that, that scene was just, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of details incorporated. Yeah, obviously she gets the power from the stone, and then she gets the Kree blood, so it's like times two. She's getting just all this power and all these different, you know, abilities that she didn't have before. I thought, like, all the connections to the Guardians of the Galaxy was pretty cool. Obviously, you mentioned Ronan. Uh, one of the guys in the, the team that she's on the star is also in Guardians of the Galaxy. I think his name's Korath. And then also, like, the Kree symbols. I guess the Kree symbols are also in Guardians of the Galaxy. So there's, like, major connections across the board. Shout out to Marvel YouTube because you guys just have, like, a ton of stuff on there. Even some people picked up on the smallest details. Like, the planet titles in this movie were the same way they planet titled the movies in Guardians of the Galaxy. Really? So they, they're getting down to the details. And obviously, you guys remember they were at the facility called Pegasus. That's where she got her file and all that. Yeah. Pegasus, the first time that you see the Tesseract in the MCU, as they're, like, running away, you see the the label of the place. Kim and I talked about – I, I believe Nick was there as well. We talked about how uh, Carol Danvers was able to harness the power of the Tesseract. And, you know, there's the whole notion that human beings, uh, if exposed to it, would – immediately die so my question to y'all is how powerful do you think captain marvel actually is Oof, like i mean if she's gonna slot in right at the the one spot like they're not necessarily even calling it a 1a or 1b situation with this level of thor or any other one of the here or hulk or any of that like the fact that there's not even a competition in, in regards to like who's going to be the the biggest hero in the next movie tells me that she's she's probably right up there like she's probably closer to thanos than she is like full strength thanos than she is the next closest avenger you know what i'm saying yeah, she, she's, t- I mean, the fact is she coming in stronger than Thor, and we saw him in Ragnarok, and he just, like, dominated things, and then Infinity War, when he came, everyone, like, celebrated, so she's obviously packing a punch, it's like, she has all the abilities of, like, the best Avengers, and then, and more. Yeah, yeah, you really have no idea what sort of a top she has with that Infinity Stone, because if any, if there's anything Marvel has told us so far in, in their franchise, it's that being human sort of adds an, uh, an element, right? Like, being human does not is not necessarily a negative part of being a hero. If anything, it sort of adds a different flavor to the abilities or, or takes the top off their, their ends, right? Just like with um, Starkiller, right? The fact that he's a, like a, a son of a Celestial, but then managed to kill a Celestial, right? Like... Uh, the I think just that yeah sorry yeah I know yeah I, mean, I hear someone wanted to make a point right so who knows really like the, the the single stone may not be so much of an issue with Captain Marvel if she can take it to some place where the Infinity Stone could never have gone before without her right so who knows well one thing that really the one part that I really was wanting more was the lack of a true villain I know that we had you had 
I believe his name was Jan Rog, the guy that Jude Law played, the leader of that Cree group. But we never really get explo- get exposed to that supreme intelligence that is alluded to, especially at the beginning. And there may not to be this big, bad force, but you really never see them, especially resisting Captain Marvel at the end of Earth. So is it a sense of foreshadowing or are they completely out of the MCU? Because who knows if there's going to be a Captain Marvel 2. I couldn't really see there being one, but with the way that Brie Larson nailed that role, I mean, I wouldn't really rule it out. There's been talk about there being a Captain Marvel 2, but it being pre-Iron Man. So it would be another like prequel of like the MCU. So it would probably be something in space. That's just been chatter. Obviously, there's chances for more. Just to touch on Nick's point, though, I feel like the human thing and the emotions just gives them like another chance to unlock the ability at a higher level. Yeah, like e- perhaps even higher than Thanos can, right? Or like other alien beings that are, aren't necessarily, let's say, like as complex or or internally divided as humans, right? Like maybe even like, uh, like and obviously this is kind of cutting to the chase here and spoilers for any listeners, but there's been a ton of, speaking of chatter, there's been a lot of chatter, a lot of theories. Apparently there was a, an ex uh, Marvel employee who posted who who basically ruined the first hour of Endgame, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little bit later. But uh, the the point that I was trying to make is that there might be a, a human wielder of the uh, of the Infinity Gauntlet, and so that if like you know if that can erase everything that Thanos did and more and end any other potential threats or sort of provide a conclusive end, you know that that again fuels more evidence to the to the argument that like humans for some reason in the Marvel universe seem to be like this uh, I don't know just power booster I guess that that, that element. It's just like the emotion factor. And it's almost like I hate to compare it to like a different completely show. But like you think about, I don't know if you guys watch Dragon Ball Z. Like there was always a thing with like Gohan being the possibility of being bigger than Goku because he's saying and human. Yeah. Yeah. So like there's always a connection about human just having an extra pop. Obviously we're human. So that helps. A couple more. Yeah. I wonder where the design element comes from, right? <laughs> Could it yeah. be that the writers are human? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a co- couple of quick more shout outs. Uh, Rambo's daughter. So her best friend's daughter actually turns out to be a superhero later in Marvel Comics, which so she could make an appearance in the MCU. Her hero name is Photon. Oh, so I did not, I did not know that. Interesting. So Samuel Jackson makes a reference to her. Like the only way you're going to do something is like, if you light up like your aunt and she does have similar powers. So uh wouldn't be surprised to see her at some point, maybe down the line. Also thought a uh, quick shout out, obviously Stan Lee, rest in peace. He, his uh cameo changed in this. Originally she was just going to walk past him on the, the train or the bus, but they re they reshot it. And she actually looks at him and says something. Yeah. Oh, I, no, that I think it, it's, it's, Definitely classy from the, the all of the MCU. I mean, I I love at the beginning how Marvel are the comic book, and you have the different heroes appearing in front of the screen. But it's it's the same colorways, just a different face of Stan Lee or video clip. I, I just thought they hit the nail on the head with giving him a shout out. Uh, talking about shout outs, shout out to Ben Mendelsohn and his role with Talos, the leader of the Scrolls. Uh, you know for them to be depicted as the bad guys and then you have the supreme plot twist and they're actually revealed to be protected by Marvel herself. I thought that Ben Mendelsohn did an absolutely phenomenal job. What are your all's takes? Oh yeah, Ben Mendelsohn was it's like I mean I, I did I had never heard the name before personally. Uh like Myself, like, not, not exactly the biggest movie buff. So Ben Mendelsohn, not exactly a name known to me, but now it is definitely after the movie, right? Like, he, his his role in playing the uh, the charismatic leader of the Skrull was just excellently done. I, I thought he did a terrific job. I can only agree. 
Were you guys surprised the scroll was actually bad? I mean, actually good at the end. Obviously, they're portrayed in a lot of Marvel comics as bad. So did that kind of catch you off guard, or did you kind of anticipate it? Well, I can't really say that I anticipated it, but it kind of makes sense when you look back at it just because of kind of the context. But if, put it this way, if if roles are reversed and that doesn't happen in some alternate universe, I wouldn't really be led on to think that they could be good. So, I mean, I think they the element of surprise and just kind of that big plot twist, I think they really sold it out to be pretty well. I mean, eh, I kind of saw it coming, right? The the whole supreme intelligence thing for me, and like, uh, you know, it's just winners writing the history books, right? Like that, that that's sort of the uh, the image that the Marvels trying to paint here, and that they they would rather just exterminate the other races and populate like whatever planets they want to populate. Like that all that kind of came across pretty well, like for me in the first thirty minutes. That like you know whatever missions they're going on, that they are not like what they appear, right? So like, eh, the Cree versus the Skrull thing, like. Did it surprise me? Uh, Flip flopping the good bad guy roles. I thought it was. I thought it almost had to happen for this movie. Yeah, they almost gave you a feel that the Kree were bad, just like right from the start. And then it's really awkward when she gets on Earth and they have that conversation after she gets the Radio Shack stuff. You're sensing like, okay, they're trying to control her for some reason, or they don't want her to find out information. So at that point, you're pretty much confirmed something's fishy. And it's not necessarily the scroll are good, but you definitely know the Kree are bad at that point. So one thing leads to another. I thought, like, uh, it was pretty funny when they had the scroll, like, drinking the soda. <laughs> like, that was already a meme with, like, one one day after the movie. <laughs> one of the most underrated parts is when Nick Fury realizes that Goose is not a legitimate feline. And just his expression and how he reacts when Goose swallows the Tesseract is just absolutely priceless. Yeah, when he pops out for the first time, it's like, holy shit. But <laughs> where do you guys rank this in the MCU? Like, is you know, tier one, tier two, tier three? I definitely don't think it's on the tier one just because I think the tier one separate themselves quite a bit. I think it's solid in the tier two because of the effects that it has on the rest of the MCU and how it kind of ties all the things together, like the Tesseract, and you get to know more about Nick Fury. I think that there are some really high highs in the MCU, but I also think there are some drastically low lows, and I do not think it's close to that, so I'm going to stick it right in the middle, maybe more toward the upper echelon rather than the low pit, but I think it's pretty righteous right in the middle. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. That's pretty much spot on. I, I can't really add a whole lot more to that. Like, this movie, you can tell there's just that maybe they could have, this could have been one of the signature, uh, like, jewel stones of the franchise, like, you know, a la Iron Man 1, like, a la the first Avengers, like, those, those sort of deals. But this this movie just didn't have the the time put in. Like the, they did well with how what they with the, what they wanted to do with this movie. They, I, if they wanted to, I think they could have pushed it. They could have done a little bit better. But uh, it, it fulfills that tier two role for me. Yeah, I think tier two is correct. And then I think the focus right now is you know was on Infinity War and now an Endgame, and it's just like it's not necessarily the star of the Marvel universe. It has a big impact, but like they could have probably taken more time on it and expanded a little bit more. Uh, guys, where would you rank it one through ten? I'd probably go eight being the highest and I maybe anywhere from 7.5 to eight. Like I said, I thought it was good. I thought the, the effects are more really pronounced than the movie itself. I thought they did well with character development, but it's still not one of the top movies. It didn't really blow me off my feet. So I think I'm pretty comfortable with an eight. 
Yeah, seven point five. I give it seven point five. Like, I mean, that's like it, it made me. It, I, I was fine with paying the price of admission. Like, I don't know. I don't know how much movie tickets cost over by y'all, but like, dude, it was like eighteen for, bucks. Yeah, eighteen bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Like that is that is not a cheap amount of money. You know what I'm saying? Like, it so costed you eighteen dollars to go. $18, what movie? Yeah. The, what movie theaters do you all go? You live to, in dude? Kentucky. <laughs> oh man, that's that's low. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. How much was the movie in Kentucky? I'm curious now. It, it was know. literally like it was literally like seven dollars. Are oh you before, before you, oh before, before you say anything? Goodness. Before you say anything, I saw Infinity War in Los Angeles, and it was only eight dollars right when it came out. So I'm not hearing it. I think it's I, I haven't paid less than ten dollars for a movie since I was probably in eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. No, like honestly, you, sh- you shouldn't be going to the movies then, because that is highway I, robbery. I've been to theaters uh, like all across New York, Long Island, and I live in Connecticut now. And like, yeah, I went to the IMAX theater, so it was probably a little bit more. But I think the cheapest theater I could have went to was like fifteen, maybe thirteen on a good day. Do they give you a back rub as well, or is it just price of admission? Because well, the they're, IMAX they're adjustable was... seats. They're adjustable seats. Let me tell well, you. Yes, one we ha- yeah, we yeah. we have those as well. We have those. Okay, as well, well so, see, I mean, you know, I, I know it's just at. robbery. It's just robbery. Like it's that simple. Like I was about to say, I was like, man. Worth I'm the coming to Kentucky to like, watch yeah. all my movies. I was like, yeah, I mean, it was worth seven dollars plus tax to me, but I'm like, damn, eighteen dollars, Jesus. No, so that's what, when I give it a seven point five. You see where I'm coming from, you know? Like this movie was oh, like, sure. it passes that high, high bar, you know? Like just, uh, but it, it clears it barely, you know? It doesn't doesn't exactly uh, hop, skip, and Zion Williamson dunk over it, right? So this. <laughs> Zion dunks are crazy, but I would say like for a movie to make like if, if it's like a nine to a ten or like even a nine point four to a ten, like it has to make me want to go see the movie again. And that's how I felt about like the uh, Infinity Wars, and obviously I'll probably feel the same way about Endgame. But I'll probably go around the same as Nick at like a seven point five. I was happy about a mission. This is like a good day, good date with fiance, but nothing too crazy. It's not like I was like, oh, Captain Marvel, got to go watch that again like oh man my speaking of endgame though my expectations for endgame are like i i better try to work out some sort of deal with the movie theater some sort of sponsorship thing because i may as well just sleep over there overnight the amount of times that i'm gonna be there so like yeah i, I have very high expectations for this movie i saw infinity Talk. war and then i came home and i tried to find the bootleg online to watch it again. <laughs> oh man i i sat there in the theater after infinity war i it, I, it might have been toward the next showing i'm just sitting there in awe and don't even know what's going on but hopefully Endgame has me like that in a good way because that heartbreak after Infinity War was definitely one to forget. But speaking of Endgame, I know we've seen that trailer that just came out a week ago. What are your initial thoughts? What caught your eye? Oh, I mean... Everything? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just eye-catching moment to eye-catching moment, you know? Like, even the only scenes that I thought weren't particularly eye-catching were those grayed-out, uh, gray and red sort of fade-out scenes of uh, people in the past fading away. Besides that, like, pretty much every single thing in there was just packed with important details. Like, the battle scenes, the unification of the squad scenes, like, it was just unbelievable. I mean, like, initially, like, I was just mad hype because, I mean, we already thought this, but it's just, you know, confirmation that Iron Man is alive back on Earth, reuniting with Cap. I thought that was obviously like the most significant part of it what one thing that i'm concerned but not really concerned but i'm curious about because there's been the recent phenomenon of trailers <laughs> showing or <laughs> scenes showing up in trailers but not in the movie itself i know we've seen that uh little scene in the trailer of infinity war where they're all walking toward a vicious battle and the hulk is there and we definitely know that he doesn't really show up for any part of the movie so it's really kind of questionable as to what's gonna show up and what's not but I, i'm telling you now if the scene with captain america 
over here proclaiming his self-righteousness and basically saying that if he doesn't win the war, well, it's he's, he doesn't know what he's going to do because it's all he's got. If that's not in the movie, I'm going to publicly riot because that that is a that could be a top five Marvel moment right there. I don't care if it's a hot take shot fake. That is. Yeah, well, 100%. I, well, really, I wouldn't I wouldn't put too much of my uh my eggs in Captain America's basket for this movie, so to speak. And we'll yeah. we'll, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, I, I I do agree with your main points there, Dalton. Absolutely. Well, and then obviously the big trailer front, and then there was a lot of talk about the 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 movie. It's on, the trailer's only from the first 15 minutes of the movie, or that they only gave the marketing team eight minutes of actual film time to work with. So it's a small amount, like and you know we talked about this we're going to talk about theories but the movie's probably going to be close to 3 hours like we're going to talk about a theory and there's probably going to be like two or three more theories in the movie yeah oh, yeah the sure. theories are not eclipse do not eclipse everything by any means and i know y'all have heard that the movie is actually they said that the movie could be like one big movie like one huge blockbuster gone with the wind time amount of movie but they split it up into two i mean it was it's been pretty much filmed except they've kind of dealt with time here and there but one thing that I like is being able to see Iron Man back on Earth, and you also get to see Ant-Man is out of the quantum realm somehow, and those suits that they're all wearing in the line resemble quite awful lot like Hank Pym's suits that he used to get into the quantum realm to get his wife, so I really assume that the quantum realm will play an utmost important role in this upcoming movie. To be honest, Ant-Man and the Wasp, if it, there's no quantum realm in this movie, then that movie was just a complete, like, waste of time. Oh, it, it was. I mean, now, shout out to Paul Rudd. I mean, I love the guy. It's a good family actor. movie. Oh, it is. And, you know, he, he really portrays Scott Lang to be a, a kind of a funny guy, kind of a step-back, laid-back. Ant-Man's not really viewed as scary, but definitely kind of a funny, kind of honest, chill guy. I'm really interested because we saw where he was, like, what was it, the size? He was on a pencil in the trailer and in the fight scene so it's gonna be interesting to see where in the world that's even at does thanos come back to earth in your all's opinion uh do i don't know about earth i think i think they they fight thanos elsewhere uh in the universe in this one i think this is a. Uh, I actually think a lot of this movie happens away from earth only only like uh, uh if i had to put if i had to place a bet i'd say probably less than 30 minutes of the screen time is on earth I, I think it's a fair it. point if you think about it. Like Thanos already took care of his business on Earth. Like he just wanted to snap and get rid of half the people, and he did that. So like he doesn't really have much interest in Earth. Interesting thing too is like they could be trying to throw you off. You mentioned a pencil, Dalton, and obviously I think it's a Walkman. Like if I had to guess, like that Walkman, it would make sense for that to be like Star Lord's Walkman, because obviously that's referenced a lot of times in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Right. Speaking of Star Lord. You guys think all the uh, Guardians come back? Like, is that you guys think that's pretty much confirmed, nailed down? Gamora gets resurrected, the whole gang is back together for three. I do. I, I don't want to hop into theories too quickly, but I'm gonna have to go into a little one just because I think <laughs> Gamora has a lot to do with this. You know, resurrecting Gamora, and because I mean, it's obvious Guardians of the Galaxy three is a thing. It's actually happening. Uh, the director's back on the set, but. I think that the Soul Stone plays a huge role in this next movie. And, you know, I read a theory, and usually I'm not kind of into that kind of stuff, but this one really made sense. We talked about Captain America's uh, presumed death because it seems like he's done with his contract being up. The Soul Stone needs a sacrifice to be activated, and if they're going to somehow try to 
get these six infinity stones in an alternate universe or whatever it may be, they're going to need a sacrifice and who better to do it than the, one of the most Avengers out there. Well, one of the leaked like quote unquote, like lines from the movie or plot leaks of the movie is that it's going to be Captain America and Iron Man at that point where, you know, Thanos picked up the soul stone and they're talking to Red Skull and, you know, Tony's going to be like, all right, sacrifice me. And then Cap's going to be like, sacrifice me. And that's going to be significant considering the relationship and that they really value each other. That's like a theory that I've heard a lot. I mean, and to be honest, it makes a lot of sense and it's a good way for Cap to die. And, you know, this is like even deeper dive on YouTube. Someone broke down. So, you know, when Gamora falls and she hits the stone, they actually show that. And somebody took the image, put it in Photoshop, brightened it up. And if you look next to her, there looks like there's like three or four blood spots that someone else had already previously fell. So if there's time travel, that would make a lot of sense. It also looks like there's a boot that Cap would be wearing and then also a part of his shield. So that's what somebody did with like, they took an image from Infinity Wars and then kind of like detailed it up. Wow. That is, that is stupendous. I, that I that read, is doing yeah. the most. If you want to <laughs> yeah, do uh, research yeah. right here. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is doing the most, man. Like the old, the, uh, see, I, we, we had agreed that Cap would die, but here, here's another theory for you. So like, I, I'm reading here that, um, so Captain America and Thor at one point in this next movie are going to fight Thanos and uh, due to timeline alterations, uh, Mjolnir will be restored. And Cap will uh, tell Thor and everybody else to bug off, and he wields it against Thanos and dies in battle with him. And so I don't know I if you saw guys, that. Uh, yeah, you've read this one, right? And so I, I yes, think sir. this is very uh, like I, you know, like you know, you guys remember that teaser scene um, at the dinner party in the first Avengers, or sorry, not in the first Avengers. I think Age of Ultron, where uh, they're all trying to lift Mjolnir off the table. It might be the first one or this. I'm not. No, sure. it's Age of Ultron. I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, and Cap nudges it, and Cap nudges it. Yes. And Thor's right. like, oh shit, like he thought he was going to pick it up. And you know, in other Marvel comics, Cap has been worthy of picking it up before. So there's like a very small list of people who have done it, and Cap is one of those people. So it's interesting. Yeah, like something to think about. Like, but it, it, all the cards seem to be pointing towards like Cap's death. Like, Cap seems to be like for sure the one that seems the most likely to end here, to take, uh, to step off the bus, so to speak. And he probably Nikki. said that he's done with the MCU. Yeah, Nick, so. you you talked about the dinner scene. I don't know why this came to my mind, but I'm thinking the, the end of the event, the end of the first Avengers, where they're all sitting there in that little diner, just awkwardly eating their burger or whatever they're doing. Just yes, that's warm, a, yeah, that's yeah. iconic <laughs> picture right there. <laughs> but speaking of Thor, there was another theory, and it kind of makes sense. I'm not sure the plausibility of it, but it kind of connected the infinity stones to Asgard because if you look back in Ragnarok, Odin was able to basically harness Hela, who is a, a very strong force within the power of the realm. So it wouldn't necessarily be too far fetched. But if you remember at the, at the end of infinity war, when he throws the, whatever, I, I forget what it's called. The new oh, Stormbreaker, Yeah. Stormbreaker And, it basically is not stopped by the Than- by Thanos' Infinity Gauntlet, and it you, we all know the scene. It hits him in the chest. Oh, Should have hit me in the head, and then he leaves. But the fact that it wasn't able to be resisted and it actually connected with Thanos' body kind of makes me think that there's a link between the Infinity Stones and Asgard, but not only that, but between the Infinity Stones and Thor. And the fact that he might be more powerful than people realize. The Infinity Gauntlet, the original one, was actually in Asgard. 
and right. they reference obviously Thanos had to go get a new one made. So I think it's something to consider. Obviously, Thor is going to have a big impact. He's super powerful. I don't know if he just caught him off guard in Infinity Wars or if that was part of you know the Stormbreaker. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting point. Um, speaking of Stormbreaker and the Infinity Stones, that's yeah. I mean, I, I understand the. Uh, I understand the connection Dalton's trying to make there in uh, between Asgard and the Infinity Stones, but I think uh, in, in the next movie it's really going to be Iron Man who's the uh, the the focal hero. Like Tony is going to, it's like Tony will seem to do the most from all the theories that I'm hearing, and that he's like the most crucial of the no matter like the the, the power levels, right? Obviously, Iron Man does not trend towards the top of uh, the Avengers list anymore. Like he's just he's just outclassed uh, a good amount of the time. But Tony's brain. I think will offer more than any of Thor's uh, abilities in this next movie from just all the, the theory that I've been reading. Like he is the central figure behind uh, the, the, the grand strategy to defeat Thanos. So if you look at the last movie and you look at the picture they had at the movie theater, Thanos was in the background as like the main person. This time it's Tony and Thanos had the most screen time in the last movie. So I agree. I think it's Tony's like last hurrah. I don't think he's going to die, but I think he'll like save them all. And then he'll kind of retire into like a cameo role. Yeah. Did you all see the theory? It was kind of a smaller theory, but I, I saw it twice today, so I know it's not coincidental. It's got to be mentioned that it might be a little bit of a stretch, but the color of the font in that vibrant purple, not necessarily representing Thanos, but a higher being called Galacticus. Galactus, yeah. That's that's a Galactus. major villain. There's a lot of talk about him being the next villain. And I, I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but I feel like we'll have like the first two hours, two hours of the movie or the first hour and a half of the movie, then beating Thanos and then the other villain popping up the end. Like we'll know who the next villain is by the time this movie ends. If it's well, not directly, it'll be subliminally. Right. Well, the thing about Galactus, or I guess that's how you say his name, Yep. but when in his prime in, cause I believe he's in what fantastic four and a little bit of the X-Men. No. Yeah. He's, he's a Marvel villain in general. Right. Like he'll fight the Avengers. He's, he's mainly with fantastic four. Like, Gotcha. He's ginormous. Like, isn't his isn't his main thing is like devouring planet planets yeah, whole? Yeah. yeah. So my question is: Is there something that we don't know about Thanos's motives? Because I feel like Titan may have something to do with if if this Galactus theory is true. I mean, could this be more of a snapping of the finger? Be a prevention? of Galactus coming into the universe. And then when they undo the snap, he comes in and is unlocked. And we see, and because I know that there's been theories that Thanos isn't the biggest villain in this, but yeah. there's also been theories that Thanos is the last stand. So I think that theories are almost more interesting than the movie might be itself. Honestly, just kidding, but halfway <laughs> somewhat. No, I think um, like, Galactus is he just wants power and he just wants to dominate the universe like he just doesn't stop so like he would go after Thanos to get the gauntlet like that would interest him but I don't think Thanos has any other interest I think they've made that pretty direct and that would kind of mess with his character development and like the whole concept of Infinity War in my eyes what about you right yeah I mean oh that's it's tempting to say that they will bring up another hero right because then that would that would pretty much ensure the continuation of this franchise right so like I'm just, like, looking at Marvel Movies' website, right? Like, they don't have a whole lot uh, exactly confirmed that relates directly to Avengers, you know? They got the second Spider-Man. They got a second Black Panther lined up. But, like, it's really just... It's basically anyone's guess as to how long they want to keep this particular universe going. I would imagine it's very profitable. So, you know, like, from, from like, a monetary standpoint, and it, are there more movies to be made, you know? That's really kind of, I think, the, the bigger question here. Like, 
can they generate as like delicious quote unquote of a story as they can with Thanos like for the next villain right because they the, the heroes are clearly already straining themselves to their maximum here like we've had a lot of them die we've had um like and they're bending all the rules here they're going through time space uh very likely that you know they're they're playing at a level uh of the board game so to speak like at, at just like higher than ever before so if they were to add like another tier you know like how how believable does it even become really you know like is that something that they is that a direction they really want to go in if they're going to incorporate a galactus figure or some sort of figure that maybe exists outside of like the space time or like has been watching them for for a, a fair bit of time you know like could they even are they prepared to are they equipped to fight such a character if thanos himself gives them so much trouble like who knows Oh, That's I think a lot of it is like point. the young Avengers coming up and like them getting better. Like they introduced all these people. Like this will probably not be as big a role as moving forward for like we said, Iron Man, Cap's probably done. Thor's probably his role is not going to be as crazy. Same thing with Hulk, you know, Black Widow, Hawkeye. Now it's going to be more about like Spider-Man, Black Panther, Captain Marvel. You know, I think Doctor Strange has another movie announced already too. And then I think the thing that really helps the MCU, and this just actually I think either happened today or it's going to happen at midnight, is they finally officially acquired all the rights to the Marvel characters. So now they have X-Men, now they have Fantastic Four, now they have Deadpool. You know, if they wanted to get really crazy, like they deal with Galactus in the next movie and then they do like an X-Men versus Avengers movie, which is like a really popular comic book series. So oh, that's nuts. They could tie in Deadpool, they could tie in absolutely everything. Yeah, they could reboot uh, Fantastic-, Fantastic Four, yeah. There you go. Before it adds well, a whole other avenue. If you bring Galactus, you're going to want to bring Fantastic Four as well. Yeah, Just a large-scale Batman is- versus Superman. I mean, Doctor Doom is going to be, when you bring in Fantastic Four, that's a really good villain because it's like someone who's had like these moments in the Marvel comics where he's like really dominant and has been very tough to kill. So I think like the thing is for the MCU is they just have like so many options in terms of characters and the way they can go or they could like separate things where, you know, one group's focused more on Earth and then you have like Avengers that are in the galaxy where they rename things. Like there's all different groups of Avengers throughout Marvel comics. So it's like, I don't think they're, they're very limited. Like they, yeah, like I, I agree. Like definitely, they're not limited by what they could do. Yes, by what they could do, like it totally go go on a rampage here. But like, it's just they make it seem like the creating such an actor roster. Like they already make it seem that it's it's just it borders on like unmanageable. You know, like it, <clears throat> it doesn't necessarily um come across in all their interviews, but they make it seem like this is some sort of like magnus opus for the franchise. And like, don't get me wrong, I'd love to see them keep pushing the bell. Like, I would love to see x-men deadpool all the all those characters fantastic four all with the avengers i would like a roster like basically like 80 actors deep like give it to me you know like i I would buy that as a consumer but it just i I don't know how uh like in the industry is that something is that is that a direction they're willing to go because obviously they have they have as much range as they want now especially i think it's money like if they're able to keep profiting like why stop yeah why not yeah like they if they can keep paying the guys and if they're going to lose some of the guys that are probably going to be highest in their payroll, you know, the people that you keep bringing back, keep bringing back. If they were to get rid of some of those people, now they're opening up more money. And like I said, I think people probably are interested in coming to the MCU because it could do a lot for your career. Right. Oh, right. for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, I can't remember another film being as hot as like heavily covered as Endgame. I mean, I've um, never been so, more excited for a movie in my entire life. Right. No yeah, exaggeration. Yeah, I think this does. I think this is kind of like the tribute to the past ten years because they had it. Their planning and their vision and their execution has been absolutely brilliant in terms of timeline, in terms of character development, in terms of all the other logistics and the casting. Like Nick has said over and over, I mean the casting is phenomenal. Chris Evans is great as Captain America. Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth. I think they owe it to them 
for this to be the last hoorah. I don't think – I think that the Incredible Hulk and I think that Thor survived this. I think that the other four Avengers ultimately do not. Maybe Iron Man has another role like he does in Spider-Man, which he might be able to be a third one because Captain America – I know we saw the trailer where it seemed like Hawkeye was passing off the torch to potentially his daughter. And then without Captain America, I think that Black Widow's kind of her role isn't as important. So I think that this is kind of the last hoorah for like the original six. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I don't know if they're going to be done or it's just going to be smaller roles moving forward, maybe more like cameos, but I'm sure some of them are going to die and then some of them will just kind of get pushed into smaller roles. Obviously, I think Black Widow is going to get her own movie, but it's going to be more of a prequel type as well. How? What does that do? Does a prequel for Black Widow, does that draw a lot of profit? Because if if we if she, say, say she dies, does that, why would they do a prequel for, I mean, if they're already talking about Less the movie, likely she dies then. Right. Yeah, well, and so. they also kind of like sexied up her backstory, right? Natasha's backstory is alluded to multiple times, like growing up in like uh, like controlled Russia or whatever, and uh, like you know the, the the spy academy and the the ballerinas and all that. Like they they already kind of do allude to it. I, I think in the Captain America movie, the Captain America franchise more so, you get a glimpse at her backstory. I, that see that to me would be an example of the the well starting to run dry. You know, like, I'd rather they they go in different directions than particularly a Black Widow prequel you know like that that to me is kind of like a, a sign of weakness in the in the franchise that's i want them to end on a high note basically like if you can do this if you can keep pumping out if you give me another 10-year plan with an even bigger set of movies you know with an even bigger roster go by all means like well you know like it means the consumer that's fantastic i love this shit you know i've been paying for all these movies right. for the past 12 years since 2007's iron man but can you do it without making it feel cheapened without making it feel exhausted you know like that that's the that's the golden ticket right there I think the key Without is making it feel repetitive. Like you, you know, got to introduce first, new characters. That's like yeah, what yeah. draws you in. Yeah, the you new know, characters. The, first, would do, the, yeah. the way I look at it, the first Halloween with Michael Myers was good. The first Friday the Thirteenth with Jason was good until they kept getting to I think their fourteenth and fifteenth movies when Jason was in space and Michael Myers has been resurrected four hundred times. I mean, you can only beat a dead horse for so long. So hopefully, I don't think Marvel will get to that. Hopefully, they don't. You know, I love the backstories and how sometimes they flash back to the past and they can relate to the future and tie things up but i think that really riding a fine line because backstories only work for so long especially when you know what's happening in the future so yeah and how many times can you conquer one, the superhero plot like you know the, the super sorry sorry to interrupt right, right there but right. like how many times no, can no, no, you deliver how many times can you deliver the same sort of arc right where like people come to watch an origin movie so it, it follows the same sort of like each third of the movie you know like introduce the character what's the main plot of this movie and where is the development headed right like the classic like finds villain defeats villain uh moves forward right so like that's that's also a bigger problem to solve for for marvel if they're going to continue doing that i think they've done a good job of getting creative though like for example like infinity war like we've never seen anything like that in a movie ever like where they i think that's why i think that's why in-game is so revered is because of the distraught and the disaster and the fact that they lost in the end of infinity war so they kind of switched things up i think if the avengers ultimately uh, complete their mission and stop Thanos and in Infinity War. I don't think Endgame is as as big as as it's brought out to be. I think that the fact that they lose and they're fighting in desperation, I think that that really kind of contributes to that last two raw mentality. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're bringing back half of the race. Like, you know, all these heroes that we just like got because obviously the core Avengers are still there, but it's a lot of the new ones that ended up getting dusted. 
you know, we're, we're going to be intrigued to see what happens. That's why I feel like there's going to be all different types of emotions. That's why Avengers infinity war was so good too. Like you had the craziness, you know, of people dying, you had the happiness of people being reunited or the fight scenes together. Then you had like the little bit of comedy. And then at the end, they just kind of like kicked you in the nuts. So yeah. it's just like a combination of a lot of emotions. That's what they got to do. I mean, they got a tough task in front of them, but I have confidence. they will be able to kind of, yeah, I want it, man. I want the next 10 years. I want more Marvel. You know, like I, I haven't gotten <laughs> enough. Like the, the fact that I've always had a superhero movie to look forward to of some sort for, for maybe the past 12, 13, like I, I'm 22 years old. Right. So for, for it to take up so much of a portion of my developmental life where Marvel is just like bossing the movie industry, like showing people that superhero movies, reboots of old ideas can just absolutely like, like destroy profit margins employed by all their movies. You know, like who needs your original creativity? We're going to do an idea so well and link together all these franchises and absolutely like put, put butts in seats. Like, and they did it. Like I'd by no means want it to end. Like I, I'm so appreciative of the run. And that's almost what kind of makes me anxious, honestly, to get into the theater to end game. Like, I feel like it's going to be a huge ride finally ending this movie i i believe this movie will put people through the ringer this movie in its three hours will have so many highs and lows like i'd be surprised if i didn't see at least one person like puke at some point during this movie. like <laughs> inject it into the veins go ahead and do it uh one one question that i had for you all a little earlier we know that captain america and iron man are gonna have big roles but who who are you most forward looking at who who is your focus on because i'll tell you mine's got to be dr strange because one thing that i've been thinking of more and more when i rewatch infinity war is the scene when right before you know they're not able to stop the snap and dr strange is looking through all the possible outcomes is does he do something extra there does he create a time lapse that we've seen in dr strange when he Oh, Dalton, you with... touched upon another internet theory. Can you believe it? <laughs> uh, so the, so it, here, here's the deal. I would essentially bet the tips of all my fingers that the way Captain, uh, that the way Ant-Man gets out of the quantum realm is via Doctor Strange. If there's anything in this movie, any of these notes that to me... The quantum realm is sense, magical. Yeah, and, and he's had experience going through it, right, with the Ancient One in his own standalone movie, yep. that, that uh, older, that other presence, the Protector of Earth before him. He's known to spend time there to, like, meditate as well, so... Yeah, so I would bet, like, any some sort of bodily part of myself that he... <laughs> that, that that is the method by which Ant-Man gets out of the quantum realm. By no, like, sort of, like, physics manipulation or any of his equipment. Like, I'm willing to bet that that is a feature of the next movie. It just seems, it makes too much sense. Like He could have put his consciousness in, in yeah. the quantum realm, and just his physical presence gets sucked up by the stone. Dormammu. So, so, so that would make a lot of sense. And that's something that happens a lot in Marvel is like, you're not physically in your, well, we saw it in the other the movie where he takes himself out of his body. I, that's a really good point, Nick. Dormammu. Yeah. I've come to, oh, my bad. I was in a time lapse. But yeah, <laughs> I think, I definitely think that you're right because Ant-Man's got to get out of the quantum realm somehow. And that would just kind of make sense because as witty as Doctor Strange is and the fact that he can do so much with time and the fact that, there's so much that can be done with the quantum realm in that respective aspect. I mean, I think that there's, I think the, the suspicion is what's killing me the most is because I want to see how either the snap gets undone or they use an alternate universe. But back to that question, who is, who's the character? Let, let's further the question. Who's the character that is gone now that got eliminated by the snap that you're most like, to want to see and see what how they react and see what they do. So I, I think need to see. Strange. Okay, all right. Oh, so you go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, One I think 
I think Dr. Strange, like you said, is like both you guys said, is just a great, you know, obviously he's going to have a big role. I think the other people won't be as big a role as he possibly could have just with his ability and his knowledge. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch and like him playing Doctor Strange, he's one of my my favorite like lower key members of the Avengers. He he didn't he's had he hasn't had exactly had a lot of screen time. You know, he's one of the fair fairly newer ones, but he is just an exceptional character. The Love way he's movie. been done. I, oh yeah, I, I think he's got another one coming. Strange is it? Yeah, right. It, I think it's in my top five in terms of personal favorites because I absolutely loved Doctor yeah. Strange. The back and forth between him and Tony Stark is just phenomenal, right? Like I really it's, hope those two guys really... get to interact. Yeah, like because Beard they're. Yeah, yeah. And if you could get Bruce Banner in on a conversation in there, too, that would also be, like, phenomenal, right? But, um, well, yeah, Doctor Strange, great character. One of the characters that I want to see how they deal with all this is Black Panther. Because Spider-Man, yeah, Spider-Man has that new, like, boss-ass suit, right? He's got the Infinity suit. And so he he's kind of uh, upgraded in a sense, right? Whereas T'Challa, even though he's rolling with that, like, pretty cool Black Panther costume of his with, like, the vibranium mixed in or uh, – is it vibranium in this universe? Yes, 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 right, yeah, yeah. So with the vibranium mixed in and the claws and all that, like I feel like T'Challa has got to get some sort of uh, Avengers gear upgrade for sure. Like because Black Panther is meant to be one of the uh, the bigger presences, right? The fact they're using Wakanda as a base and the advanced technology. I think Black Panther once he comes back to this movie is going to be rolling with something new. Like he's got he's got to develop a little bit uh, quicker, you know. Oh, Nick, yeah. I mean, you're I wouldn't you're sleep on his right. suit though because it absorbs kinetic energy. Right. Okay. That is. Yeah. That is the other. That I was missing a killer aspect of it. I was. Like, I can't believe they just put him in black. Spandex. I'm telling you that suit. That suit is absolutely badass. I mean, if I could run around in that suit without getting publicly humiliated, I'd do it. Probably not, but it sounds good. I mean, it. I love the scene in Infinity War when you know he gets his troops ready to fight. And he just this iconic scene where him and Steve Rogers are almost racing to see who can get there and kick the most ass first. So, I mean, it's definitely I – lo- I love the fact that T'Challa will be back, and I was really excited to see that Black Panther was on the docket for another movie. I, I'm, I like to see the Guardians, too, because there's that comic relief about them, but there's also that kind of uh, alter ego, kind of the, the seriousness to where it's kind of like just a severe thing of bipolarism where they can just switch on and off, whether they want to be serious or they want to be funny or they want to be serious or funny. So – it's going to be interesting to see how their reunion goes because I don't feel like they get a lot of the necessary attention that they should because, I mean, those are five good actors as well. Yeah, the intimacy of the Guardians crew is really what makes them so different from the Avengers, right, in their own successful ways. Just the, those characters with all the time in the ship together, all the the way they met, the missions, the, the intimacy of that group and, like, I guess the, the opportunities for comedic relief are just – they're they're a lot more present with the with that Guardians cast, but then I, I one more name I just want to throw into the list of characters to watch out for is Valkyrie, right? Apparently, yeah. there's a she will have a role in this movie. Thor Thor seems to be possessed by all, all the theories I'm looking at. Thor seems to be possessed, but with the idea of assembling an army of sorts to uh to fight Thanos for when that eventually happens. So you it, get that it, vibe yeah. kind of from the trailer when you look at him too. He's like all like lost in his thoughts and stuff. So that would make a lot of sense. I think another person who we don't know if they're alive or not is Black Panther's sister, uh, Shuri. She's considered like one of the smartest people, just as smart as Tony Stark. Yeah, right. And she will play apparently a role in bringing back Vision. So th- th- there'll be a way to repair Vision. Maybe it'll be sandstone, maybe, well, like, sorry, like without without a stone, or maybe it'll yeah. be with a stone uh, incorporated or obtained in the past, maybe a different kind artificial of stone. Stone. Like, yeah, artificial stone. Artificial <laughs> stone, who knows? Like... I'm really one of the elements that I'm really fascinated to see, like, since we're again back on the stones, right? The stones are just everything in this, but uh, like it, that, that Tony Stark Infinity Gauntlet, the idea of a, of a Tony Stark Infinity Gauntlet just 
makes me oh just titillates me to no end like we, we've had some conversation <laughs> about this before uh sneak surprise to the viewers you know we do have multiple takes of this but nick has mentioned elsewhere that tony might lose his left arm at wielding his gauntlet and now there's other theories that the hulk or professor hulk because this movie will this movie almost again I would bet some part of my body that uh, that <laughs> Professor Hulk shows up in this movie. The union. I don't of, like uh, this Banner trend that you're on, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> because there's if, certain, there's if you're not right, bro, you yeah. might not even be able to see another part yeah. of <laughs> There's certain things that just make too much sense in this movie. You know, like he didn't. Banner and Hulk never really made much of an appearance. Or not Banner, not, not Hulk, not Banner. Sorry, but mostly Hulk. Hulk didn't play much of a role in the first Avengers. Obviously, um, Infinity War. And so that, that's almost certain to happen. But the theory is that if it's not Iron Man losing his, his arm, it could very likely be Hulk wielding that gauntlet. I heard it, too grows, it grows back as well as what I heard in that theory. No way. Hulk regenerating limbs? That would just Yeah, he does. Hulk that's regenerates. That's part really? of it. Yes, he does. So, I mean, that's a possibility. Uh, I did a little research, too, on the Iron Man thing because I know you guys were skeptical. He does do it in the comics as well. And it would be something that he works on that's part of mm -hmm. his suit. So... And maybe it's like he thinks that he could do it and then he gets a suit and he gets a gauntlet on and then he ends up losing his arm. And hey, I mean, it would be a good way to end him and give him that last hurrah where we think that he's dead, but really he just loses his arm. We talked a lot about the Avengers, but what about Thanos? What, what, what's, what state is he in? Does it, it can almost be in He looks depressed. This, <laughs> right. It seems like it's like, well, damn, I mean, I've been doing this. It's like the Roadrunner and the Coyote. When if the Roadrunner was to actually get caught by the Coyote, the Coyote's like, well, what the hell do I do now? So, I mean, you fight for this. That's this a trope, whole, though. I, I feel like they've got to give they're, they've got to give Thanos just more more than that. Is right? he like, hurt though? Like, does the snap affect his arm? Because I know it's not the real Infinity Gauntlet. So does that faulty death mechanism? Does that have any effect on him long term, or is it just kind of me just wanting to speculate? Well, I'm willing to bet that like he's he's like the singular entity that's ever wielded this Infinity Gauntlet so far, right? I know they they tease that there was a prior Infinity Gauntlet in Asgard, but like that seemed like a non-functional unit or maybe some sort of fake or just something they're not willing to move forward with. But like the toll that that soul, like I imagine that he's just getting brain effed by the Soul Stone, right? Like I, I think he's probably going through a whole bunch of like trippiness right now. Yeah, no, I think that he could either. I think of like two theories. I think he got really messed up by the Soul Stone mentally and physically. Or when he did the snap, it used the soul stone. And that was like the only time he was allowed to use it. Cause I saw some like memes online, like use soul stone. So like maybe he can't use the soul stone anymore because he used that at like the highest capacity possible. Cause he right. doesn't have a soul. Yeah. I mean, I've been reading that Thanos might not even die in this movie. Like Thanos might not even, he, uh, like people apparently say that he's going to get the shit, like the, the absolute crap yeah. kicked out of him. People have been saying that he will get just, you know, the floor mopped with him, but I haven't seen a, a confirmed death, so and that's I mean, a it good way make, to, yeah, like I wouldn't kill him first off. I wouldn't kill him because he's easy to bring back in another like part of the thing or just like a side story for another character. But uh, I think you just kind of end him. I wouldn't be surprised if they like beat him early in the movie. And like I said, the other half of the movie is about a new villain. Yeah, yeah, that that, that seems what it's kind of being alluded to, which kind of really drew me away from kind of where I was at just like a week ago because I was under the impression before reading all these theories like hey Thanos is going to be the end all be all now I'm like well now there's all these other beings that could hop in like Galactus and maybe even Eternity and all of the other there was talk about the scrolls being a major villain and that one of the Avengers is actually a scroll well because scrolls are scrolls are portrayed in the comics to be very villain. like very brute like very like militaristic so they've had this long like eternity lasting feud with 
the Cree, but that's just with the Cree. Like, what what, what is their role, and do, do they show up as villains in different movies? I don't I don't know if they do now because of the way they portrayed the scrolls with Captain are the Marvel. Kree, but... Are the Cree Thanos's race? Is that is that Thanos's race? Uh no, I, I, no. Because doesn't but yep. doesn't who's who's the guy who showed up at the end of Captain Marvel on the ship? Right, R- that that Ronan the Ronan the yeah. Ronan the accused. They, there's been he's one of like, uh. Thanos he's one of the, the order, right? He's part yeah. of Thanos' order. Mm. Right. So, okay. like, you know how Nebula and Gamora, like, Ronan is one of them, too. He's he's made appearances, like, talking to Thanos in different movies. Yeah, yeah, in the I'm Guardians. Just, I'm just glad that one guy's gone. I don't remember his name. The guy who appeared at the very beginning, he's like, surrender and rejoice. The little, oh, oh yeah, Ebony yeah, Maw, yeah. Ebony Maw. But, uh, see, I, I he wasn't confirmed Ma- dead. Really? After getting sucked out into space by uh, I mean, he, he got sucked into space, like, he's as strong as Doctor Strange, you know, we would kind of think stronger, hey, Doctor yeah. Strange could probably survive that. So there was talk maybe he's not dead. I yeah, mean, it's not – no one confirmed or denied. I thought that that was almost cheap as to how quickly they ended his life because of how powerful right. this, this dude is. Like this guy really – he paved over Doctor Strange. Like so, I, I mean, yeah, I, I like, I'd like to see Ebony Maw come back. And, you know, but I wouldn't be surprised as to, again, yeah, they create an extremely strong, strong character in Thanos and then sort of – sacrifice him to expose a, a larger villain uh in the movie i could totally see that happening you know that makes a lot of sense all right guys final question are the avengers going to get all the infinity stones and get their own gauntlet are they going to get some of the infinity stones or are they going to get rid of thanos's gauntlet what do you think the your last prediction before we get out of here i think they get their own i think i'm going to go with your theory of tony stark building his own and his own mechanism to where he can harness the in, in, energy and he ends up either losing his arm or screwing his arm up pretty bad. So that's yeah, my I theory. Would, I would, I would go with the theory that the, the Avengers go jump through time and they acquire all the stones that way. So they, they, they acquire them by jumping through the time, the time space continuum. And then the, like over the course of that journey to Tony learns how to build a, uh, Infinity Gauntlet that I believe that none of the humans can wield, and so they give it to Hulk. Uh, to Hulk, sorry, and then Hulk kind of uh, deals like one of the the ending blows, so to speak, to Thanos, and then that's really where uh, that's really how they they get it done, or they they do their own t- snap. Tony Stark and Shuri working on it together and making the gauntlet, and then one of the Avengers doing it. I'm not sure who it's going to be. I mean, it would make a lot of sense for it to be Tony, just because it would be the last win, but it could be anybody kind of on the crew, or it could even be Cap and ending himself. So, but guys. Excellent job on Off the Glass and Movies making the resurgence. Obviously, we're going to be talking Marvel. We might end up talking a couple TV shows on here. Any big movies. It's not going to be me every time, Nick or Dalton. It's going to be all the OTG staff. So big shout out to Dalton and Nick. And thanks, everybody, for listening. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.